Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to do our Bible confession. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've been doing a series entitled, You Don't Have to let the pain remain in your life. I, I go into every series not knowing exactly how many weeks I will do that series, kind of depending on what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life and what I feel like He's doing in our church, in your homes. And uh, there were five things that I've addressed uh, that cause, I believe, cause our pain. And, and one of the ways, or one of the reasons we hang on to our pain, several is you regret unresolved. In other words, you've never really come to grips with things that you've done in your life, and you live in the past, and uh, you cannot fix the past, but you can shape your future. And so we have to deal with those regrets. Secondly, is anger uh, unaddressed? And I uh, dealt with that last week. Many people have anger, and what most people don't realize is anger is not a primary emotion. It's a secondary emotion. It's one that most men mask, uh, use as a mask. Uh, especially men, and there's some angry women out there. Don't shout amen, husbands, you'd be in trouble. But the reality is that it's, it's a tough guy thing when in reality men hurt, but they don't ever say they hurt. Uh, men have fear, they have frustration, so many things that give uh, a platform for anger. Uh, anger is a horrible thing. The Bible says the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Now, you can be angry at the devil. You can be angry at situations and circumstances which might propel you to do something about those. But getting angry and, and getting angry toward other people uh, is not going to bring you a lot of success. And so today we're going to talk about beauty that is overlooked. And as I said at the outset of this series, physical pain is pretty easy to identify. If your knee hurts, it's easy to go to a physician and say it hurts right here. They x-ray it. If they see something in there, they can address it. How many of you know you cannot do an MRI in your soul or of your soul? You can't do a, a CAT scan of your mind. You can do it of the brain, but not the mind, how you think. And so the challenge is identifying why we hurt. There was a time I was so depressed in my life that I would walk onto airplanes every week, and I'd put my hand on it as I'd walk in, and I'd pray it would crash. Now, how many of you know that's sick? especially for all the other passengers who don't want it to crash. And so I didn't realize, didn't know how to cope with or deal with uh, that kind of pain because I grew up in a very tough neighborhood. Uh, if you didn't fight, you were going to get spanked. So you, the basic idea was either dad's going to spank me or I'm going to fight. So we grew up with that mentality that that's how we were going to have to roll. Didn't like it, didn't want to be. Uh, one friend of mine told me that if you think you're bad, you're not bad. There are only two people, two places you can find bad people. They're incarcerated or they're underground. 
So, you know, the idea was that, that we're all fighting for something, but we didn't know what we were fighting for. The reality is that all of our families in a lower middle class neighborhood were in emotional pain. And oftentimes, emotional pain comes out in physical aggression. And so we need to deal with the cause and quit addressing the symptom. The trouble with our world today is not physical, it's emotional. It's how people are feeling about the, what's going on in our world. The chaos, the crises, all the difficulties are leaving people with a sense of hopelessness. And then we, we have this mindset, all of us, or many of us, not all of us, but probably most of us have this this picture in our mind of how we wanted our lives to be, how we want them to be, and image. And, and oftentimes we create this perfect scenario, the perfect house, the perfect fence, the perfect spouse. God help us all. <laughs> so we're, we are seeking perfection in an imperfect world. And those two will never be reconciled. There will never be a perfect world. So if you have an expectation that your spouse is going to be perfect, your children are going to be perfect, and your job's going to be perfect, and everything's going to be perfect without realizing that does not exist, you are going to live a life in emotional pain. I'm not saying that you embrace where the world is and the crises of this world, but you embrace a God who can get you on the other side and keep you moving forward in your walk with Him. The second thing that happens, not just expecting a perfection in an imperfect world, but we live in a world that is so prideful that we don't know how to ask for help. I grew up in that world. We're tough. And, and you know, that, that we do our own thing. But there was a day, I do recall, that in, in a, an impoverished area that people kind of took care of each other because we didn't have the money to hire anybody. So you went to your neighbor and said, I'm getting ready to cut a tree down. It'd be nice if you'd come and help me. They'd come and help, and they, next week they'd say, i got to do something, you'd go help them. Uh, but in our world today, we are so prideful that we are afraid to ask somebody for help. In other words, we don't want to be vulnerable. We want the world to think that our world is perfect. Let me just tell you something. Everybody in this place and everybody watching online right now is going through something. And if we deny that truth and we lie to ourselves and lie to God, God's saying, I'm waiting on you to ask. I'm waiting on you to ask. And, and you know what? We are called to be our brother's keeper. Hello? You say, well, that's not my responsibility. That's not my circus. That's not my monkey. Let me tell you something. You are in the circus, and those monkeys are a part of your life. We've got to be, realize that the drama that's going on in this world, we are a part of that drama. Now, we're not going to be overcome by that drama, but we can't deny the fact that the drama exists. We lie to ourselves. If we act like that we're not caught up in it, people say, How's it, you know, how are things going? Oh, everything's great. But you talk to them, you go listen to them at home, or you record them, they're talking about stuff that they're not talking to you about. We want the world to believe everything is great in our lives. Now, I will say this. One of the reasons I'm this way is I would never ask anybody to pray for me before. I was all that in a bag of chips, and I figured I could handle it. Between me and God, we got this. So let me just tell you something. We don't got this without each other. And so if you're fighting alone, you're living in a dark place by yourself, not being honest with yourself, not being honest with God, and not being honest with people who can help you. I'm not talking about people who are on the prayer chain gang. I'm talking about people who are on the prayer team. 
There are people who love to gossip. I'm not talking about gossiping. I'm talking about praying. And so we get angry because things are not changing. We, we have regrets because we cause the things that we're angry about. You say what somebody else did. We always put ourselves in a position for things to happen. No, nobody, nobody can make you feel a way you don't want to feel. You get to choose how you feel. So whenever you're feeling something, you have a certain amount of power to overcome the negative that you're feeling. Now, you don't have exclusive because somebody, the influence around us has an impact within us. So we have to take every thought captive that comes into our soul and make it obedient to Christ. There are things you want to say that you shouldn't say. And boy, when you know you got a word that is a dagger and you just can't wait to use it, you better shut up. You know, it's always good if you want to fight away the, the emotional pain is when you want to say, make a statement, instead ask a question. Do you really feel that way? Did I hear you say? Don't say, I, let me tell you. Boy, A type. Yeah, it's terrible being an A personality in a D world. A type's got it all figured out, baby. We can fix things in a minute. And if not, we will take your head off. In a world that's below average and you have an above average personality type, and I'm not saying better, I'm just saying A, being an A personality is a very hard thing to live with. And I'm not talking about you, your spouse. I'm talking about the person who has the A type. Because we know everything. Everybody knows that's a lie. But you're born to believe that there's a problem. You're the one assigned to fix it. I've learned that sometimes there's a problem, and all I need to do is kick back and drink a Red Bull. And I know how to fix the problem, but God didn't ask me to. How I many you know sometimes God says, you're interfering with the work I'm doing in somebody else's life. So just shut up. Suck down a Red Bull and watch what I do. Because I, I went to every fire, even, if mo, even though my firehouse wasn't called. I could be 20 miles away from the fire, and there are 35 firehouses between me and the fire. I'm going to the fire. And God said, mm, I, didn't, I didn't ring your bell. I said, but God, I don't want to miss the excitement. He said, you know, you just need to sit down and let it burn. Or let somebody else take care of it. A lot of emotional pain, if not most, is self-inflicted. It's the way we feel about things and respond to things and the way we hold things. Somebody's going to do you wrong this week. I know you didn't come to hear that, but I thought I'd share it with you. On the road to work, your boss at work, a co-worker. If you have children, I can promise you it doesn't even take a prophet or a believer to tell you. Somebody going to do you wrong this week. And if you allow it to, it will cause you emotional pain and emotional strain. So let me get to beauty overlooked. But before I do, one last thought. People who have emotional pain judge others instead of judging self. It would be a great time for a Hammond B3 up here to be... Because that right there is the thought. 
We're miserable because we're busy judging everybody else. And the Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth, judge yourself. You need to quit judging everybody else. Well, they can't sing. Well, neither can you. They can't preach. Well, neither can you. They can't drive. I ain't going there now because I can drive. That's one thing I learned how to do. Not perfect, but I know how to go fast. And if you ain't first, you're last. Amen. I ain't going there either. Let's talk about beauty overlooked. So last week was anger unaddressed. Before that, regret unresolved. Today is beauty overlooked. In other words, if you look at all the news networks and social media, you're going to see all the dirty and the ugly in the world. In fact, I don't know why people post grotesque pictures on Facebook. Look, I just had surgery, and there's like a slit down their chest. I don't want to see your chest after surgery. I don't want to see your chest before surgery. I don't want to see your mouth wide open with a dentist in there carving out a tooth. Leave it alone. It's a gross world. So we got all this ugly going on. You wonder why we're in an emotional mess and we got pain that we can't explain. It's because we're living in a gross world that all they do is report bad news. If good news traveled as good, fast as bad news, the whole world would be born again and we'd be in heaven right now. The world is filled with bad news. Bad news is what sells. Digging up other people's skeletons and other people's dirt. If anybody looked at your email or your text messages, you'd be in as big a trouble as anybody else that they're investigating right now. Oh, it gets quiet right now. I never do anything wrong. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You had those moments. We've all had those moments where, well, I wish I could take that back. Don't text, don't email, and shut up as much as you can. Big Brother is all over the place. And the problem is we love it when the spotlight goes to somebody else because it's way far from us. But we don't identify with their pain, which is what God told us to do, because when you begin to identify with somebody's pain, you want it to go away as bad as they do, so you start praying that it will go away. The reason we don't pray for other people with any passion is because we don't put ourselves in their position. You really want to intercede for somebody, imagine what it would be like if you were there. But you get mad with everybody else because the news media provokes you to get mad instead of saying, hold on, thanks for sharing, I don't need any more information, I know they're struggling right now, they're in pain that I can't explain, but I can pray. You don't like your boss. You don't know what your boss is going through. He makes all kinds of money. He's doing all this stuff. He got all this. Shut up a minute. That's none of your business. Your business is to pray for that person. My neighbor, this stupid. I had, I've had several stupid neighbors. I'm telling you, I've had neighbors that you just want to go get a bazooka and end it all. You're not good for the hood. What I realized, God said, I put them there just to get off the rough edges of your own life. So quit pointing at them. I'm using them to help you. And I say, Jesus, I don't need that kind of help. How many of you know you don't tell God what kind of help I need? 
I think he knows what kind of help I need. He knows what kind of help you need. Quit telling him what you need and what you don't need. God, do what I need. And when you start praying that way, it gets scary because God will bring all kinds of sandpaper into your life. Okay. Sorry. I just had a moment, man. You got to have those every now and then. You know what I'm saying? I probably stepped a little bit outside my gifting. But anyway, don't amen me over here. Be quiet. I said, no, pastor, you were on beat. I'm working it. Beauty overlooked, okay? Isaiah 61.3 says, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. For the Lord has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. Now, here's the problem. Some of y'all hanging on to the ashes. God said, I want your ashes so I can give you some glory up in here, some beauty. But you said, no, I got to hang on to the ashes. I'm, what you're doing is you're hanging on to everything in the past that is dead and gone. Now, this, I, I recently did a funeral. I was talking to the funeral director, and, and I said, you know, I said, well, tell me, I always like to talk. These guys are pretty smart, and they go through a lot. They deal with a lot of grief and pain. And, and uh, he was telling me, he said, you know, there was a day when cremation wasn't considered Christian. And I thought, you think Jesus, I don't want Jesus to have anything to work with when I'm done. Because this ain't as good as I'd like it to be. So if he's going to give me a new body, I don't want to give him a choice. If I got ashes all up in there, he's, I got to give him a new one. I can't reassemble that one. See, if you're buried in the ground, you go, let me see if I can work with that. No, I don't want you to work with this. I want to be stellar. I want to be ripped. I want an eight-pack. I get to heaven, I'm going to the beaches of glory, ripped. I ain't bringing no keg up there. But see, so people have their family cremated and they keep them on the shelf and, and they say, well, I want to remember them. Do you really want to remember them? Is that how you want to live in the past? Look to the future and say, when I get there, I'm going to see my dad brand new. No more cancer, no more disease, no more trouble. He's brand new. I'm looking to a new heaven, a new earth. I'm looking to new bodies. Emotional pains that I'm hanging on to my ashes. I'm going to keep carrying these around. I'm going to keep living in the past. Now, some of you think this is morbid or, uh, you know, unnecessary, insensitive, whatever you think. The reality of what I'm saying is if you look back at the book of Ruth, great story of three women, Orpah, Naomi, and Ruth. They all lose their spouses. Now, some of you women going, I got to learn how they prayed. <laughs> Stop right there. Ruth had a heart for Naomi. Orpah didn't. Ruth said, I'm staying with you no matter where you go. But Orpah thought, I'm going to go back to my past. I'm going to go back. I've been released to go back to my past. She said, I'm going to hang on to my ashes. I'm hanging on to everything that was. Ruth said, I'm seeking what is, not what was. I'm seeking what can be, not what has been. 
And so she left everything behind. She said, I'm not going to sit around and mourn. I'm not going to hold on to the ashes. There's beauty out there somewhere. I thought I had a beautiful life, but God's got something even better or this wouldn't have happened. I lost my job. God got a better job. I lost my car. God's got a better car. I lost my house. God's got a better house. I lost my best friend. Now they're your worst friend. God got a better friend. I'm talking to somebody right now, and you're mad at me already. You're hanging on to somebody that let go of you. Quit hanging on to somebody that let go of you. Quit expecting them to be somebody that you think you need them to be. You got God. You're everything you need to be with or without them. Your emotional pain can't continue. Why don't they like me? Why don't they want to be around me? Why don't they invite me? Start your own tribe. We're trying to fit into a tribe you don't fit into. I don't fit into a tribe. I told Pastor the other day, I don't have a tribe. That's how we talk in Christianese. Well, I'm Baptist. I'm charismatic. I'm Methodist. I'm Lutheran. I'm sick of it. I am saved. I am a Christian. You can't put a man label on that. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're Catholic. See, this is where I set the Protestants. Well, now, you don't understand. You cross a line when you said Catholic. I've seen some Catholics that make charismatics look unsaved. Oh, ouch. What are we? We're saved. What do I believe? Somebody asked me the other day, said, why don't... And I'm not mad at you because you're probably watching right now. That's the way it always works for me. When I open my mouth, God said, they ain't never watched before, but they're going to now. <laughs> Insert size 11 shoe. Yeah. People always ask some questions. You know, uh, I have this, I love the cross. I do love the cross, the, the empty cross, the vacant cross, because he's not there anymore. Yeah. I love the empty tomb because he ain't there anymore. Yeah. The cross is a symbol of great victory. I give you that. But not every person who wears a cross represents the person that was on the cross very well. The cross is a symbol. Whether you have one in the church or around your neck is not really what matters as long as you have Jesus in your heart. And you all know me. I'm going to preach Jesus. So it's like putting ashes on the mantle. And every day you come and look at them. Now, I miss my mom and dad. They're in heaven and... It'd be selfish of me to want them back because they're having the time of their life right now. And uh, so often when, when someone we love passes, certainly there are great memories and, and it's, it's a, a initial suffering and loss and pain. But if you really understand and believe the Bible that, that they are in the place God has prepared for them, you kind of look and go, you know what? I'm so happy for them instead of sad for me. Because it's not all about us. Everything seems to be all about us. Well, that hurt my feelings. I want you to do this for me. Let me ask you the question. What are you doing for somebody else? What you want, if you feel a pain that you feel like somebody's not treating you the way that you want to be treated, then the thing to do is not hold on to that pain, but start treating them the way you want to be treated. Oh, my goodness, Jesse, it just got quiet. It gets quiet when we put responsibility on us. 
well, my wife doesn't respect me the way I'd like her to. Well, start respecting her the way you want her to respect you, and whatever you sow, you will reap. That right there should have been a shout hallelujah, amen. Was, should have been hankies out on that one. So we're getting too quiet up in here. I'm going to have to have a full-blown charismatic blowout service on just to shake you up. No, I had this thought, because there are things I, in my life every now and then I go, well, you know, I just really didn't like the way that played out. I didn't like the way I was treated. And I'm thinking, God's saying, you know, why are you always measuring everything by how you feel? Why don't you start thinking about how they feel and the reason they're not treating you the way they want is they may be having some trouble of their own. So why don't you bless them instead of expecting them to bless you and see what happens? That'd take care of a lot of emotional pain if we'd quit expecting everybody to make us feel better. It sure helps when people are nice to you. I get that. It, it just it kind of feeds that, that thing in you that is holy and righteous. But if it doesn't happen, you can't let that pain remain. There's beauty all around you. We have to offer up our ashes to get the beauty of God. God, here are the dead things in my life. I give them to you. I will go to my urn... experiencing or acknowledging or realizing there are regrets in my life so will you but those regrets will not control my life people say I'm all good I'm all great and I'm glad I'm happy but but I think if every one of us look back on our lives and we continue to look back which I'm not suggesting you focus on the past but we can learn from the past if you burn your hand on a stove, you may always be afraid of a stove, or you might just be smart enough to never put your hand there again. But don't be afraid. Just use that to remind yourself, I'm not doing this again. I'm not living that way. I got to tell you all, when I went through everything I went through, the saddest thing for me wasn't that I went through it, was but that the people who rejected me will never know the best Mark Crow that ever lived. I'm the best version of me that has ever lived been alive on this earth I have peace that I've never had I have joy that I can't explain I have a confidence like I've never known and you say well didn't you have confidence before but it wasn't a holy confidence it was more a confidence in my skill instead of my God and you can't ever have more confidence in your skill than you do your God or eventually that will come out but when you have confidence in your God that no matter what you're going through no matter what pain you're experiencing God is a good God The beauty of his mercy, his grace, his unconditional love, his righteousness that's working in us. And Frank said, think of all the beauty still left around you and be happy. Think of all the beauty left around you and be happy. Another person says, I don't think of all the misery in the world, but all the beauty that still remains. God's grace speaks of his beauty. His grace is beautiful. Now, in a world that prizes external beauty, physical beauty, beauty of a home, beauty of a car, beauty of a person, if you could only see what you perceive to be beautiful at 6 a.m. in the morning, i got to tell you right now, it takes hours for some of these celebrities 
to, to get up and get around. You go, they're so beautiful. You should have seen them at 5 a.m. All the human things, the breath. We typically live in a world that is very cosmetic. And okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice when people actually do their best. I'm going to try to get through this as politely as I can. God's creation speaks of how awesome He is. The real beauty of our lives is created from within us. Not just God's creation around us. I think I'm going to stop there because I don't want to finish this series. I want to continue next week. But when you look, and this is, this is I realized about probably eight years ago that I had, and, and again, charismatics and faith people get on to me for this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't care anymore. And sometimes being, not sometimes, all the time, being honest is what brings God into your equation. If I don't say what's going on, even Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation, you have trouble, take courage, I've overcome the world. I realized I had sad seasonal effect disorder. And during the winter times, I have a real struggle in Oklahoma because everything's dead. And I'm an outdoorsman. And you're sitting inside looking outside at dead trees, dead grass. I don't know why God did this. Every dadgum state ought to be a beach state. I'm just saying, some, and some people, I just love them all in the winter. Why? So you can sit inside and eat too much and watch too much junk TV? I didn't mean that to be mean. Y'all act like I'm trying. I'm just saying. So for me, I had to realize that I had that issue and that that issue is very real. You can Google it. And that I had to determine what I could do to, to see the beauty in the midst of death. I don't understand how trees die. I know that you, you know. I know some of you think, well, that's simple. You know, the underground, the roots, they're protected, and they release sap at the right time. I'm not here for that. I want it all the time. I don't care about the roots, but obviously God did. And there's a lesson, and probably several sermons in there, that when things are not beautiful on the outside, God's doing a work on the roots on the inside. You're going to be a better person. One day you're going to bloom. You're going to blossom. You're going to flourish. <laughs> Praise be the Lord. <laughs> you see, what I do now is I recognize the things that, to me, try to hide the beauty of Him, the beauty of life, the beauty of grace, the beauty of mercy. I try to see through that, and then I try to position myself mentally, spiritually, emotionally, even physically when I can, to put myself in a position to overcome the things that cause me pain. Some of you talk to people all the time that after you talk to them, you're in pain when they leave. Emotionally, you feel inferior. Mentally, you feel dumb. But you continue to get around them, feeding 
the thing that causes you pain. The pain will remain as long as you're around the people that remain that cause you pain. I don't like getting around people who cause me pain, that make my soul hurt. They're negative. You ever get around those people? Everything is bad. They, they could get a brand new car given to them, but it's not the color they wanted. Drive the car. See the beauty and smell the leather. Instead, you don't like the color. Okay. You see what I'm talking about? When it comes to pain, you have a say in the pain. You have a say to not let it remain. Very important that we realize that there are all these pain management companies in America now. How to manage your pain. But there's nobody really doing pain management in the soul. They're doing it physically. Your back hurts, your mind or your arm, your shoulder, your legs, your knees. This is pain management of the soul. And it's invisible. Nobody can tell you why you feel the way you do. You could try to trace it back to your diaper was too tight when you were a baby. That's what they try to, well, you know, what happened? No, we live in a fallen world that's jacked up and we got to laugh more than we cry we got to be positive more than we're negative we got to be faith-filled over the fear we got to love more serve more and I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna close with this and you're not gonna believe me until you do it but when you begin to serve other people you will begin to forget your pain because you're giving to other people to bring healing to their life you can, you can criticize me all you want, but one of the reasons I push so hard to get people to serve is because, and I cannot even for one minute imagine retiring. I, I just can't wrap my mind because I was created to serve, and so were you. You say, well, I serve, I work. No, 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 I'm not talking about getting a paycheck. I'm talking about helping people without any payment other than the yes and amen from God. This says, because you gave freely, I will give freely to you. Okay, now I'm going to close because I want you to go home with that. It just bothers me because, it, you know, everybody's got to serve. We've got to serve. We've got to serve. It's not even an option. I shouldn't even be asking. It's like, where can I get involved? Listen to me, church. That's why this institution called the church is so great. Is there are so many ways to help other people, to serve other people, to care. And, 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 and it's all laid out for you right here. You don't have to go find a place. We've got a place. Well, I'm in pain right now. You want to get rid of your pain? Help somebody else get rid of their pain. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you sent Jesus. We were full of pain. And Jesus came and took our pain. And Lord, I thank you that you showed us how to address our pain by giving and helping others. There's a lot of beauty around us, Lord. May we go out of here today seeing that beauty instead of looking at all the, the things around us that don't appear beautiful. But we know that you're a beautiful God. You have beautiful grace, beautiful mercy, beautiful love, beautiful righteousness forgiveness. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we never like to close the service without giving you an opportunity to receive Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I want to ask all of you to pray this with me. Those of you watching online, 
those of you in-house, say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today, I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today, I am forgiven. I am a follower of Jesus. I am saved. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <clears throat> At this time, if you prayed that prayer, I want to ask you to do me a big, big, big favor. Text the word saved with your name to 405-513-10. The, the, the word saved is what triggers it to go to the right location for us to look. And those of you that prayed it, listen, it'll make a big difference. Do it right now. Don't wait. Text the word saved to 405-513-10. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.